Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool service from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pets. I am co-hosting this news episode with the one and only Glenn Deman Carter. Glenn, how's it going, buddy? Going good, Jasper. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm in the Philippines on a small island of Boracay, right on the beach. It's about 30 degrees Celsius here every day. And I'm going to go scuba diving tomorrow and kite surfing the day after. So I'm very excited. Oh, wow. Well, I'm I'm here in Ottawa, as you know, and we're just uh, at the beginning of a big winter storm and it's minus 20 outside. So to say I'm jealous is probably an understatement. You're not going to be a snowbird this winter? Yeah, well, we're gonna go. We're going down uh, to Disney over uh, over Christmas with the kids. But other than that, no, we're shoveling out of the snow here. Awesome. Well, let's start right in your backyard. I know you used to rent out a few apartments in was it Montreal, right? Yes, Montreal. Okay, we're talking about Toronto now, which is not too far away from from Montreal, and uh, there are some regulations that have come up. So I'll let you I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, sounds good. Well, the uh, Toronto just uh, their city council just implemented new uh, short term rental regulations, which obviously affect Airbnb and other platforms, and they mirror quite similarly what came out in Vancouver a couple months ago, but. You know, the the Coles notes of it is that uh, the homeowners are limited to, to only offering their, their primary residence, which can include up to three rooms or the entire house, and that those offering their entire homes can only do so for 180 days per, per calendar year. They're going to have to register with, uh, with the city as most uh, municipalities are requiring now. Um, but the big shocker was, and this is where the debate was, uh, was that they blocked uh, the use of secondary suites. So the city council voted uh, overwhelmingly to to all the all the regulations, but it was it was quite split on the this uh, whole issue of secondary suites. So there was there was quite a lively debate in the the Toronto City Council uh, chambers, and uh, yeah, a lot of people in in Toronto. I, I'm not sure if you or your listeners know, but Toronto is one of the most expensive housing markets in North America. So there's a lot of people who rely on on the Airbnb income to to sort of help them uh, uh, pay their bills essentially. So um, yeah, it was it was quite interesting, but they they passed the legislation, and we'll see we'll see now how uh, people respond to it. There was there were some interesting uh, statistics to come out though that uh, Toronto has about ten thousand Airbnb hosts, and eighty percent of those are using their primary residence, and the average earning average earnings of those ten thousand hosts is uh, five thousand dollars a year. So again, 
giving a bit more credibility to the argument that this isn't uh, sort of uh, slumlords or, or, or commercial operators. But uh, yeah, so there was, uh, there was some pretty interesting uh, debates going on here in uh, Canada. So when I read the article, I was wondering, what's a secondary suite exactly? There's uh, municipal bylaws that and guidelines about what a secondary suite entails. You know, it has to have a sec, uh, second entrance. There has to be, you know, a standalone, like someone has to be able to live there. So there has to be bathroom and kitchen and running water and all that. And there's a bunch of other guidelines. Uh, but it'd be like an in-law suite or uh, they're, they're termed different things depending on where you are. But it's just uh, basically if you have like a basement apartment or a separate a little bunkhouse in your backyard, all, all those would be classified as secondary suites. Right. I'm also reading that you can still rent out a few rooms or even your entire house, uh, but you have to get a, a license and you can only do so up to 180 days per calendar year. Right. So even if you're living in your house full time and say you have a, um, a couple extra rooms in the basement or upstairs, you can only rent those out for 180 days now as opposed to the entire year. Right. But if it's a standalone unit, then you're not allowed to rent it out at all. Do I understand correctly? Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of people saying now that this is going to just drive those people underground and that or some people may deconvert um the secondary suite into just part of their house again. So there's going to be a lot of people who try and uh, get around these new regulations. It's just going to cause mayhem, in my opinion. And uh, again, I think it's going to drive a lot of these people underground because they don't really have a choice. They had to, they're, you know, they live in Toronto. They're forced to buy a million dollar home and to, to supplement their income, they were renting out uh, a basement. So they're, they're not going to stop paying their mortgage. So they're going to have to figure out ways to, to keep that income coming in. To be continued, uh, there's more regulatory news coming out of Singapore, where two Airbnb hosts were, uh, are being sued, and they'll probably be facing some pretty hefty fines for renting out on Airbnb in Singapore. I was just recently there, actually, a couple of weeks ago, and I met up with a host in Singapore, and he was telling me that the local authorities weren't really cracking down on it. He said that as long as there's no, no complaints from neighbors and stuff, they, they kind of uh, keep a closed eye. But uh, it seems that they are now getting a little bit more aggressive, chasing down Airbnb hosts and actually uh, suing them. So for those who are hosting in Singapore, be a little bit careful. Let's see what else. We got some news from Paris as well. We talked about Paris last week, I think. They just had some regulations go into effect where hosts need to be registered with the local authorities. Um, and now Paris has actually asked Airbnb to delete 1,000 apartments, to delist 1,000 apartments, which is actually a very small amount compared to the total amount of apartments in Paris. Paris has a rule that you can't rent out for more than 120 days a year for entire units. And Paris has about 65,000 homes on Airbnb. And then I believe Paris is the biggest Airbnb market, actually. Only 11,000 apartments have been registered with the uh, local authorities so far. So I'm wondering, you know, how did they pick those 1,000 listings? Because it sounds like there's a total of 54,000 hosts who haven't registered yet. Yeah, it seems like Paris wants to speed up this whole uh, regulatory uh, screening that they're they're trying to do. And I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't know why they flag these thousand apartments because there are sixty five thousand Airbnb units in in Paris, um, and it's it's just so interesting seeing that you know only eleven thousand have registered so far. So 
yeah, it's they're I guess they're trying to figure out ways that they can force Airbnb hosts to to register with the with the city and uh maybe these are the ones that are uh are who are not not adhering to the uh to the 120 day policy out of those, you know, 54,000 who who haven't registered yet. Maybe they're the worst offenders. More positive news coming out of Seattle. Seattle approves new Airbnb regulations to limit short-term rentals to two units per host, which is which is not too bad, right? If you if you're allowed to rent out two units, I think that's a pretty fair rule. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's quite interesting and a progressive stance by uh, the Seattle uh, municipality. I think there's a lot of people who have explored uh, Airbnb rentals as an investment, and uh, again, these aren't commercial operators. If uh, if you have you know a primary residence and a cottage. And then when you're not at the cottage, you can rent that out. And when you're not at your house, you can rent that out. So I think, uh, I think that's, uh, that's quite progressive of the, uh, of the local government there. Yeah, absolutely. Let that be an example for some other cities. They've been thinking about this for quite a long time, by the way, it's been a two year process, according to one of the council members, and they ended up in a very different place from where they started. So some positive news there. As a result of all these regulations in all the big cities around the world, Airbnb is facing slower growth uh, worldwide. And we have a number here. There's about 4 million listings right now in the second quarter of this year, which is a 14% increase. I'm assuming it's a 14% increase quarter to quarter, or maybe it's year to year. It, it's not stated in the article. Uh, but I think this is a kind of common news, common uh, knowledge that you know Airbnb is not growing as fast anymore as it used to do, but it's still you know 14% of, uh, of 4 million listings. That's still uh, quite, quite a bit, you know, that's still like 600,000 listings. Even if it's a year on year, that's still reasonable growth, I would say. Yeah, well, with the with the astronomical growth over you know since their founding, essentially, I think uh, there's there's down bound to be some some slower periods, and I think this is why um, we see the big push for uh, for the Chinese market from uh, from the Airbnb founders. Right, exactly. So Nathan Blecharchik, hopefully I pronounce this right, he <laughs> made a comment that Airbnb is looking. Uh, for China to be its biggest market by 2020. So obviously, it's a massive market, about uh, 1.5 billion people in China. We've talked about China quite a bit. They're facing some struggles. There's local competitors and there's the government and the local people that tend to favor the local local, um, companies in, in China. But definitely, it is a massive growth market. Um, I actually have a, uh, a friend from China that I recently spoke to, and she's very active with, with Airbnb. She lives in Taiwan, and she's constantly looking for new places to rent and throwing them on Airbnb, constantly asking me for advice. So I think Chinese, the Chinese are definitely an entrepreneurial bunch, it seems to me. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think this will be a different story than we saw. You know, Uber got beat up quite a bit in, in China. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're a ride sharing user, you tend to use, you know, one platform. Whereas if you're an entrepreneurial, uh, real estate host, um, in some capacity, you're not just going to list on one platform. So I don't think Airbnb is going to suffer some of the same bruises that Uber did as they tried to enter the market. And I think, you know, multiple real estate listing platforms is, is good. And I think, uh, hosts will recognize that. So I don't, 
I think Airbnb will have a bit of an easier time, but uh, they do they do have a lot of work to do. Like you mentioned, the local authorities uh, strongly favor uh, Chinese uh, startups over over foreign startups. But you know, with with the Chinese uh, spending more money on travel than even Americans, I think Airbnb is smart to focus on on that market. As you know, they have they have uh, Europe and North America uh, locked down. They need to start uh, expanding into other markets. Do you speak any Chinese, by the way, Glenn? No, I do not. Do you? Uh, well, I, I started learning actually. Uh, I do uh, one hour a day. I have a Skype tutor, and uh, it's pretty fun actually. It's not as difficult as I thought it would be. Okay, well, can, can you share any phrases with us? Of course, I can. Uh, ni, ni hao ma. <laughs> that means how are ni you? Hao. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a lot of fun actually, and uh, you know maybe uh, China. If China is going to be the biggest Airbnb market. Then you know, and me as a as an Airbnb uh, educator, you know, maybe I should focus on China as well for you know for my potential audience. So I thought you know, learning Chinese might not be a a bad thing. I think you should translate your your latest book into into Mandarin. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's actually you know what I'll tell you something. It's actually already being translated in uh, Chinese. Uh, we sold the rights of Get Paid for Your Pet to Korean company and a Chinese company. So that's already out there, but still it'd be fun to, you know, it'd be fun to be able to read my own book in Chinese. <laughs> or do an entire podcast in Mandarin. Oh my God. Well, I'm pretty far away from doing that. <laughs> Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Anyway, let's uh, talk about something fun. What about sure. virtual and augmented reality? Yeah, this was a pretty cool announcement from Airbnb. Uh, light on the details, but uh, they're apparently looking to get into uh, virtual reality and, and augmented reality before and during your trip. So I've seen this across a number of platforms now. Airbnb is definitely not the first to the, the VR show. But essentially what it looks like is that Airbnb is going to allow uh, potential guests to sort of do a 3D tour of the property as opposed to just looking at static photos. And uh, during your trip to help explain different aspects of a property or to help uh, uh, guests uh, experience briefly some of the cultural hotspots, um, just to get an idea of, uh, you know, the, the, that whole experience aspect of, of what they're of what Airbnb is pushing for to sort of supplement all that. So um, not a lot of details yet, but uh, the, the interesting thing is how they're going to roll this out for me, because, you know, these these 3D scans of a property require sophisticated equipment. So are they gonna are they gonna offer like they offered free photography to hosts? Are they gonna offer um, you know these free 3D scans to hosts? And and how are they gonna roll it out and all that? So it's it's a really interesting concept. And there's a lot of uh, uh, real estate platforms that are doing this now, particularly uh, realtors who sell homes will give 3D tours 
Um, landlords trying to rent to long-term uh, tenants will will do this. And it's uh, I don't know if your your readers have seen it, but it's uh, your listeners. But it's it's quite cool to see, and it's uh, it's not just a 360 tour, but it's uh, sort of a 3D. You can walk through the property. It's quite cool. So I'm glad Airbnb is getting into it because it definitely improves the the guest experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, this is one of the major upgrades that Airbnb could be doing on on this platform. I know it's a very popular. Uh, it's a very popular feature as well. It's being requested a lot. And I can totally see why, because it's just so difficult to get a good idea of what a space looks like, even if you have a ton of, a ton of pictures to look at. I, I always recommend to Airbnb hosts that they go on floorplanner.com. Because there you can you can create a floor plan of your listing of your house, and I think that really helps uh, the potential guests to kind of visualize what the space looks like. But I think the you know the 3D experience is obviously a lot closer to reality, right? And so you know, I, I mean, I stay at Airbnbs all the time, and even here in Boracay in the Philippines, I rented an Airbnb and. And the pictures look great. And I mean, the place is great, but it's just like, it's just like a lot smaller than I imagined it. And that's just so, it's just so hard to, to imagine space, right? When you're looking at pictures. Yeah, exactly. And as you know, Jasper, it's all about standing out. So anything you can do as an Airbnb host to stand out from the crowd is, is going to help you. So those floor plans, you know, having, having an easy to use guidebook and then maybe, maybe the 3D tour, you know, all these things will, uh, will, will help you fill up your, your property faster. Yeah, and I'm I'm not very technical, so I don't know exactly what goes into it, you know, from a technical standpoint, if this is easy to implement or not. But what I do know is that I spoke to a, a company that has an app that you can install on your iPhone and you can use it to actually create a, a free day image of your, your space. Now, this is a while ago that I talked to them, so I can't remember the name, but I'm going to look it up and I will talk about it next week because I think it's, uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think I've heard of that company and I don't know how, what the quality is like, but if they can, if this can be a self service option provided by Airbnb, that's just sort of an add on to their app that hosts can sort of do it themselves. Um, if the quality is there, then absolutely that would be that would be a, a game changer. Um, but I know right now, um, sort of the higher quality 3D tours and VR tours are are all done with a special camera, and you know someone who's licensed to use that camera has to come in. So I mean, they're not overly difficult to use, but they're expensive. You know, they're several thousands of dollars uh, for for just the one camera. So um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what uh, what the rollout plan is for this. Awesome. By the way, have you seen the new batch that started showing up that says top quality? No, I have not. Okay. Well, this, uh, I think this came out yesterday, actually. I, I literally just uh, looked at it uh, today for the first time. So now when you go on the Airbnb search results page and you scroll through some listings, you'll notice that some of the listings will display a little top quality batch. And what's interesting about it is I think it's the, the four highest rated Airbnbs on the page. So the ones with the highest average rating are being marked as top quality. But then what's really interesting is that if you scroll down and you go to the next page, then you'll, you'll see again on the page two, there will be four listings that have the top quality batch. So it's, it's basically the, 
the top four listings in terms of ratings are being marked on all the pages. So even the last page, you know, which is kind of interesting because, you know, you would think that the top quality pages would all be on the first page, right? Airbnb would show them yeah. first. Um, so, so this is kind of interesting. And, and of course, the, you know, when you talk about the, the Airbnb search algorithm, I mean, they use about 200 different factors to decide what listings to show. And some of them are personalized. So when I look at the Airbnb search results in a certain city, I might be looking at different listings than if, if you were to look at them, right? So this is interesting. I think this is a, uh, this is a pilot. They're testing this. And, uh, and, and so another thing that's, uh, important to notice is that, you know, the, the top quality batch, before people get too excited about uh, having the batch and then losing it because so this this really depends on what listings are are being shown right if i press on the filter then the listings will change and so the top quality batch will shift from one to the other as well so it's you know it's some, it's not something that you can permanently have it's just it just depends on what other listings are being shown and how your average rating compares to the other listings that are being shown so there's no, yeah, there's no permanency to this. It's just simply you're at the top of the listing and it's not something you can sort of try and game every time. It's just how Airbnb chooses to display your, your advertisement. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, at first when I, when I looked at it, I thought, oh, shouldn't it just be the top four listings, the, the four that they show on the top? But then I realized they're, they're just looking at the ratings. So it's not necessarily the four listings that get the top quality batch are not necessarily the four that will be shown on the top of the page. So it's a, it's a different measurement. Hmm. So we'll see if Airbnb decides to get rid of this or if they're going to stick with it. It's, they're probably monitoring, monitoring like how many people click on those top quality listings and how it affects the uh, the user uh, experience, and then based on that, they'll probably decide whether to keep it or not. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see the results of that because, what as a as a renter, I would assume that the top three results are the top results anyway. But it'd be interesting to see if the badge has any effect on uh, user behavior. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm wondering about as well. It might actually lead to some confusion because I was a little bit confused at first when I looked at it. By the way, Airbnb has its own data university. They have taught about 700 data students from all around the world. And these are students that have come to the Airbnb offices in the, in different major cities across the world to learn about data science. What, what do you think about that? I think that's a great uh, recruiting platform. Uh, I don't know if they're considered interns they bring in, but as we know, data analytics um, is is going to be huge in in going going forward. And if uh, if Airbnb has a platform that they can attract uh, attract that talent uh, early on, then uh, I think they're going to be uh, well ahead of the game. The classes will continue to be rolled out across Airbnb offices around the world and other companies have been asking about how it could work for them. So what's not clear to me is whether they're teaching their own employees or whether these are outside students that they're attracting. Yeah, it, sound, it sounded to me like uh, it, was a, it was sort of an internship kind of uh, deal, but uh, yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't very clear. 
Yeah, well, if it's open to the public, then I wouldn't mind walking into an Airbnb office and learning some more about <laughs> their <laughs> the factors and the, the algorithms and stuff behind their data analysis. That would be quite interesting to see. Well, hopefully they don't recruit people like us for their da data analysts. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting to the end of the episode. Uh, there's, I think there's not that much more news to discuss. Uh, there's more stories about people finding cameras in their Airbnb. So, you know, next time you check into your Airbnb, make sure that you, uh, you know, you scoop it out and see if there's no cameras installed. Uh, yeah. And it's not just, it's not just hosts either. I mean, the, the camera story was uh, another guest who, who did that. So be vigilant. Oh, right. So now it's the guest planting cameras as well, is it? Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Glenn, thank you so much for joining today. Always a pleasure to speak with you. I hope you don't freeze up there in the cold Canada. Yeah, well, I got to put on my big jacket and go out and shovel the driveway. Okay, well, you, you have fun with that. Uh, I might just walk to the beach and dip my toes in the warm tropical water. Uh, that uh, sounds a little bit more appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not very nice, Jasper. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Will you, will you think of me at least as you're doing it? Uh, I will try. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, Glenn. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. And of course, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course, on Monday, there's a fresh Get Paid for Your Pet episode. And of course, getpaidforyourpet.com slash podcast. You can find all the show notes. And I also send out emails with a summary of these podcasts with links and stuff and all sorts of little goodies. So don't forget to go to getpaidforyourpet.com and sign up for the newsletter. You can also go to getpaidforyourpet.com slash newsletter. And then you will receive all the goodies straight to your inbox. So thanks for listening and hope to see you on Monday. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get 